Welcome to the Atlanta Fringe Audio 2021, brought to you by the Atlanta Fringe Festival. To learn more about the Atlanta Fringe Festival, go to atlantafringe.org. This show is for a mature audience. It contains adult content. Welcome to Small Fish Radio Theater and Thespinarium's 2020 Virtually Short Play Festival. Because it's short, virtual, and recorded virtually in a single track. Clear as mud? Great. Have you ever wished you could plan your last words? Find out what happens when you try in Last Words by Tom Mizaraka. These stars grow dimmer, while others grow brighter. Dad? Dad! How was that? You're still alive, thank God. Did you even write that down? No, I... What if those were my last words? You would have forgotten them. I could never forget your last words. What were they? You haven't said them yet. What did I say to you before you thought I died? Uh, These stars grow dimmer while others grow brighter. You forgot the ellipse. You didn't say ellipse, did you? The ellipse is implied after others. It was a dramatic pause. Does that matter? Of course it matters. It's what children will study in school. They will? Yes. Just as they study that Emily Dickinson said, let us go in, the fog is rising. And Poe said, Lord, help my poor soul. We never studied that in school. Because you're an idiot. Don't rile me up. I don't want those to be my last words. Because you're an idiot has a nice ring to it. Yes, because it's the most heard quote in your life. Maybe I should go home. You can't. I'm going to die tonight. I can feel it. You look fine to me. It's my last spark of life. After this... I'll wither and fall to the ground like an autumn leaf. You want me to call the nurse? No. I want you to take notes. So, your last words are about being a leaf? (laughs) My last words. But it could be a Good quote for the last chapter of my biography. You're writing your biography? I am not writing my biography. If I were, then it would be an autobiography. (sighs) After I die, some young, spunky writer is going to come along and write my biography. As much as I dread it, he's going to want to interview you. Me? I've never been interviewed before. Just keep your answers short. 
They're not going to care about the puppy you got when you were ten. But Scrappers was the best dog ever. He was a stupid mutt who smelled like an old shoe. <sighs> so why are people going to care about you after you're dead? Why are they? Because I'm a famous playwright. You are? I've had tons of plays produced. You taught drama at East Clarksville High School. And every year we produced one of my original plays. You wrote those? They were kind of funny. Kind of funny? I was Oscar Wilde, Noel Coward, and Neil Simon wrapped into one. Were those your co-workers? <laughs> In a manner of speaking, they were. They were my inspirations. Now, Oscar Wilde, those were some famous last words. Either the curtains go, or I go. Did they get rid of the curtains? No. So where did Oscar go? He died. Poor guy. Noel Coward's last words were a little more ironic. Good night, my darlings. I'll see you tomorrow. I like Oscars better. Is the school still putting up your plays? They stopped after they forced me to retire. That stinks. But once I'm dead, my plays will live on. I'm using your inheritance to hire publicists who'll get my plays produced on Broadway. I was hoping to get your baseball card collection. Nope. Everything will be sold or auctioned off. But you get to split my theatrical royalties with your brother and sisters. Speaking of, have you heard from any of them? I sent out a bulk email, but nobody replied. Mom says hi. Yeah, I'm on my deathbed and all that woman can say is say hi. Better than her usual curse words. True. The Bahamas are doing her a world of good. She's in the Bahamas? With her new husband. That rat bastard. <laughs> Funny. She says the same thing about you. At least it'll make my biography more heart-wrenching. Me. Alone, dying in a hospice, propped up on the world's most uncomfortable pillow. My ex-wife, vacationing in a tropical paradise with her boy toy husband. My children, too selfish to come to my side. I'm by your side. You don't count. You're always here. Perhaps James Joyce's dimwit son was with him on his deathbed, and that's why his last words were, Does nobody understand? Who's James Joyce? You wouldn't understand. I want my last words to inspire others. Though there's the Karl Marx philosophy, he refused to give last words, saying they were for fools who haven't said enough. But he's a politician, not a writer. And a Marxist. But my last words will be remembered. I feel I'm on the verge of saying something brilliant. What if you say something brilliant and don't die? 
I'll stop talking until I die. Can I go home then? No! You're supposed to stay at my deathbed until I'm gone. But it'll be pretty boring if you're not talking to me. <laughs> Sit there and listen for my last words. Hey, I'd say you'd be the death of me, but this damn cancer was quicker. Fine. Oh, uh, the nurse is here, Dad. I do not leave this world. I only transcend it. That's very poetic, Mr. Grossbaum. Do you write greeting cards? He writes plays. That's so interesting. I was in drama club in high school. We did Our Town. That unoriginal dribble. Every high school in the country does that. That is why I decided to do my own plays, to give the world something new. Who did you play? I was Emily, one of the leads. <laughs> They're all leads in our town. The school paper said it was the best girl role since Annie the year before. My sister played that. <laughs> I'm sure you outshined her. I always did. That's very... That's very well and good, but we're trying to put my affairs in order here, and I'm on an unmovable deadline. We're trying to come up with his last words. How fun! And we're never going to come up with them if my son does not write down the things I say. It's so nice that you have a project to work on together. Must you do that? Got to get those vitals. How do you spell transcend? Just guess and look it up later. I'm dying here. Now, now, Mr. Grossbaum, you must watch your blood pressure. Does it really matter at this point? We want your last days to be as comfortable as possible. Not with this pillow. I've leaned my head against rocks that were more comfortable. Let me get you a new one. Thank you. So, are those them? Unless I think of anything better. So you're not going to talk anymore? No. I'm worn out. I'm going to sleep. And with any luck, drift off into death's arms. Uh, technically, those are your last words. I like the other ones better. Now stop talking to me. Okay. Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. There really are bed bugs, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, there's been a rash of bed bugs in New York hotels. Were you in New York for one of your father's plays? No, he never got that far. But I did go to New York with my grandma when I was little. I had to share a room with her. She smelled like mothballs. And she snored like a car with a bad muffler. She also had a car with a bad muffler. The chairs were sticky. It was I've had enough of you and your inane chatter. I... Dad! Oh. oh. I'm sorry. He's dead? But he wanted his last words remembered. Yes, I, I, I have them here. 
I've had enough of this inane chatter. Well, isn't that wonderful? Exactly something a playwright would say. Oh, yeah. I guess those were his last words. Kids will study him in school and realize he was a genius who died once he had had enough of the inane chatter of this world. Yes, exactly. I've had enough of your inane... Dad, how do you spell inane? We hope you enjoyed Last Words by Tom Mazaraka, featuring Stan Winiarski, Michael John Kelly, and Sharon Phillips. See you next time. Today's play asks the age-old question, can a woman obsessed with right angles and a man who eats them find a connection in the magazine section of the library? Here's Incubation Period by Trina Kakasik. Once upon an afternoon, two people happened to show up at the public library. We have Lucy here, arranging sticky notes, paper, books, pencils, and a pack of tissue at exact right angles on the table. She sets a small pump bottle of hand sanitizer close by, and then carefully and tenderly lines up three tiny origami paper cranes. Every so often, she moves a hair clip in her hair from one side to another. And look who else is here today. It's Lester. Ooh, what a terrible cold. He performs his usual ritual of choosing a newspaper on a pole. As he sets his paper on Lucy's table in the only empty spot. Excuse me. Lucy makes room, barely. What's this? Lester is taking a small Ziploc bag from his coat. It's full of batteries. He sneezes into both hands, flattens his hair with them. Oh, my word. Lucy cleans the table. While Lester wipes his nose on his sleeve and turns a page loudly, Lucy moves her hair clip from one side to the other. Les flips another page briskly, tears a small corner off the paper, and Lucy watches as he eats the paper. Two more pages, flips, tear, eat. I've been to the doctor. It's just a cold. Kleenex. Uh, If you change your mind, it's right here. I have a granola bar. I'm very happy for you. What are you studying? The history of the balalaika. 
That's that uh, Russian guitar shaped like a triangle, isn't it? I need to get this information if you don't mind. Sounds like you've got the same bug I got with all that throat clearing. I am not clearing my throat because I have a bug. I am clearing my throat to encourage you to keep your germs to yourself. But if you continue to sneeze, I will probably catch your bug. Think so? It's inevitable. Lucky I brought an extra bottle of hand sanitizer. Oh, can I use some? Oh, no, you're contaminating my hand sanitizer. (laughs) How can you contaminate something antibacterial? Mm -hmm. Is that really necessary? What? Eating the paper. I'm not eating it. I don't see you spitting it out. I'm tasting it. To be eating it, I'd have to consume at least a page. It can't be sanitary. Do you have to do it here? Absolutely. This is where the largest selection is. You could always find another table. I was here first. Hmm. A pinch of leftover cigar smoke. Hair gel. No. (laughs) There won't be any square corners left for other people. You know, if you had two hair clips, you could stop moving that one to the other side. If I had more than one hair clip, I'd have to alternate them. To equalize the pressure in your head? Yes. That is precisely why. Hmm. So, uh, is that a Japanese paper? You read Japanese? (laughs) Great. Just perfect. Do you mind? Some of us are trying to concentrate on our Japanese. In 24 hours, I'll catch whatever it is you are spewing. 24 hours, precisely. The incubation period for most common airborne diseases, excluding chickenpox, but including the cold, is three days. But I am extra sensitive, so... 24 hours and it's all over for me. The common cold is a realm like headaches and bad hair days, bonding all races and religions together, making us aware of the singularity of humanity. No one is exempt. Thus the adjective common. <laughs> it's probably the reason our various and sundry gods won't let us find a cure. You are crazy. I taste the paper to commune with the race that is human. Or you could say I taste the paper because I'm weird. More likely. Same thing, to truly commune with others and to acknowledge weirdness. Can't have one without the other. Got to open yourself up. Like Mother always said, life is like a huge beast. You got to climb on its back and ride. Your mother didn't say that. It's in a book. Yatha probably heard it from my mother. Suddenly, Les's leg begins to bounce nervously, shaking the whole table. He removes a battery from his Ziploc bag rubs it between his thumb and forefinger, and the leg stops bouncing. 
What are these little birds? Can I have one? No, no, put that down. Les steals and sucks on one of her cranes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. I won't let him eat any more of you. I'll make another brother right away. Lucy frantically folds another paper crane and lines it up with the others. In the meantime, when he is satisfied, Les pulls the paper crane from his mouth and puts it back in the pile. Lucy blows the soiled paper crane off the table. (sighs) There, all clean. What are you staring at? You had nothing for breakfast. So? Let me be more specific. The last thing you ate was microwave popcorn with butter, which is what leads me to believe you had no breakfast this morning because we all know popcorn makes one very full. So you woke up full of popcorn and you skipped breakfast because someone like you would probably skip breakfast before eating something out of sync with the time of the day. How did you do that? I mean, tell me what I ate and why I ate it. Afraid to get on the beast and ride. Our atmosphere is an avalanche of microscopic particles. Molecules fell off your fingers onto the paper. You can taste molecules. Okay, you are insane. Whatever, Miss hair clip switcher. But from weirdness arises brilliance. The inventor of the balaika, for instance. For your information, the inventor of the balalaika never ate paper. Ever tasted a Japanese tabloid? A delicacy. Rice. Wonton. Smidge of garlic. And a nice blend of yin-yang. Look, it's even got a right angle. Don't you eat food? Certainly. But food sustains only the body. Other things sustain the soul. Other things? You mean you eat things besides paper? Taste things, madam. Taste. Thread. Use thread. Acquiring thread is more complicated. If you can't find it lying around, you have to take it from other persons. Once you've done your own wardrobe, you've done it. Know what I mean? I collect. What? Thread. You don't say. You can't leave it lying around looks messy and and then can't throw it away either because, well, it looks so pretty all tangled together, like thoughts all weaving in and out. Tentatively, Les sets one of his batteries before her. Bet you're wondering about these here batteries I've been playing with. You see, I was afraid of the dark when I was young. After everyone was in bed, 
I'd turn on my lights, and Daddy would come in screaming about me being lily-livered and shut them off. So my mom gave me a flashlight of my own for under the covers, and she gave me batteries. Every week, new batteries. It was our secret. And she got really sick. I knew something bad was going to happen because she gave me so many batteries. Hundreds. After a while, the batteries started to die. And she wasn't coming home. And I couldn't ask Daddy for more because he would know our secret. In the dark, stopped mattering. I didn't want all the batteries to run out. And I thought, if I kept them alive, she would... So here they are, some of them anyway. I don't take them all out with me, lots more at home. Comforts me to have batteries waiting at home, understand? Yes, always good to have things waiting at home. It's been a few minutes. May I switch your hair clip for you? Oh, I can manage, thank you. Lucy switches the clip in her hair and plays with her paper cranes. Can I have another one of those? Well, then I'd only have two. Uh, well, suppose I could make another. Why? No reason. Lucy lines them up and carefully chooses a paper crane to give him. Edo. She checks her watch and packs tidily. Where are you going? Class. Live a little. Be late. Oh, no. It would go on my permanent record. Besides, if I'm going to eat, I, I have to do it now because, well... You have to eat on the hour. You can't eat on the quarter hour or the half. Of course not. You didn't finish your work. I'll come back Thursday. Come tomorrow. Tomorrow is better. Too many weirdos on Thursdays anyway. Then we'll see if you caught my cold. <laughs> <laughs> I'll think about it. Hey, thanks for the birds. Crane. It's a crane. Would you... Never mind. Would I what? Lucy digs into her bag and pulls out a Ziploc bag of blue pieces of thread. She holds it out to him. I, I couldn't possibly. I have a lot more at home and plenty of blue. Blue is the most zen-like of the thread tones. What I really like is red. Do you have a lot of red? Oh, yes. Maybe I'll... Bring some. If you do, I'll trade you this. Les holds out a battery. She wants to take it so badly, but she knows it's dirty. So she offers him a sanitizing wipe. He cleans the battery and gives it to her. She accepts. Tomorrow? Tomorrow. 
Les operates the paper crane, glances around, and pops it into his mouth. We hope you enjoyed Incubation Period, which featured Sharon Phillips as Lucy, Stan Winiarski as Les, and Mark Cater. Until next week. Hi, I'm this week's host, Sharon Phillips. Welcome to Small Fish Radio Theater and Thespinarium's 2020 Virtually Short Play Festival. It's short, virtual, and recorded virtually in a single track. Today's play explores the end of a relationship and who gets custody of certain items. Here's Full Custody by our very own Michael John Kelly. Bob, you're early. Is that a problem? No. Uh, Come in. You're not the early type, is all. No pizza? I took a lift. Pickup's in the shop. I thought I'd order from here if that's okay. Oh, sure. What's wrong with your car? Pickup. Pickup. Sorry. What's wrong with it? Uh, Something with the suspension. I don't know. It's uh, as long as it's covered by the warranty. I don't care. Oh, well, that's good. It's covered by the warranty. Don't have the snacks ready yet. Sorry. Busy catching up with work. I can get it. Okay, great. Mind if I finish up with these emails then? No, go ahead. It shouldn't take long. Been looking forward to the game all week. What? Looking forward to the game. Sitting on my couch, eating my chips, drinking my beer, watching my game. Oh, hey, is this a new throw? What? On my couch, is this a new throw? Oh, yeah, I wanted to change. It's nice. Hello, old friend. What do you think of this new throw? I don't like it. Don't tell Carol. Sitting on my couch, eating my chips, drinking my... Oh, forgot my beer. Watching my... Carol, where's the television? What? What did you do with the TV? Just a minute. I'm on the phone. Stay calm, old friend. No, I don't like this throw. Carol! You're talking to the couch, aren't you? Where's the television? Oh, I sold it. (laughs) You sold it? Stay calm. How are we going to watch the game? Bob, we need to talk. Talk? Did you hear that, old friend? She wants to talk. I knew she would do something like this. Bob, stop talking to the couch. I knew you'd do something like this. Something like what? Thwart my visitation rights. I've got every right to be here, Carol. Bob, this is silly. Silly? It was your idea to go on Judge Judy. She gave me joint custody of the couch. Every Sunday during the NFL season, I have the right to sit on my couch. Our couch? 
So what am I supposed to do now? Stare at the wall? You want to talk? About what? I'm moving. M moving? Where? Colorado. Colorado? That's far. What's in Colorado? My job. What job? My company is opening a new office in Boulder. They want me to head it. Colorado. What about my visitation rights? I can't go all the way to Colorado. Maybe it's time you got your own couch. I've got court-ordered visitation rights, Carol. It was Judge Judy. I know you're upset. I can't help it. I'm being transferred. You asked for the transfer, didn't you? Right, Bob. I'm packing up and moving all the way to Colorado just so I can have the couch all to myself. Colorado? Can I get you a beer? No, thanks. When are you leaving? Next week. Next week? The company's in a hurry to get me started in the new office. I'm just taking a few things. They've hired a mover to pack up everything and, and send it as soon as I find a place. Who did they hire to move you? I don't know. The office is taking care of everything. You don't know? People lose things when they're shipped across country. Don't worry, old friend. It'll be okay. I, I know it's sudden, but it's a great opportunity. This could be a new beginning for both of us. When did you know? Bob, I didn't know how to tell you. Can I get you a beer? No. We had some good times on this couch. Super Bowl, World Series. What? Oh, oh yeah. Remember when we bought it? <laughs> we could barely afford it. We could barely afford the rent then. Remember the first time we made love on this couch? The night it was delivered. Oh, you remember. Of course I remember. Nothing in the room but this couch and a few candles. And that old phonograph your dad gave us. You glowed in the candlelight. I love the way you sang to me. <laughs> I've got you under my skin. <laughs> <laughs> you never were a good singer. No. What happened to us, Carol? I don't know. Maybe we were just too young to get married. Maybe. I used to watch you when you napped on the couch. You looked adorable, all curled up. I wanted to cuddle up next to you, but I didn't want to wake you. You never told me that. <sighs> There's a lot I never told you. Like what? You've always been my best friend. Even when I was giving you a hard time? You always gave me a hard time. <laughs> they weren't that hard. You've always been my best friend, too. Really? Sometimes best friends are best friends. Yeah. It snows a lot in Colorado. You don't like snow. I'll get used to it. No, you won't. No, I won't. I want you to have it. What? Take the couch. 
I'm not even sure if it will fit in my new place when I get a new place. Wouldn't want it to get lost in the move. Some of those movers will steer you blind if you're not careful. I'll be careful. Are you sure? I'm sure. I mean about the couch. Bob! Wow, I don't know what to say. Say yes. Yes. Good. That's settled. I'm going to miss coming here on Sundays. Now you can sit on your couch, eat your chips, drink your beer, and watch your game at your place. I'm going to miss you, Carol. I'm going to miss you too, Bob. Will, will you excuse me for a minute? Sure. Definitely not taking the throw. You don't like the throw, do you? No, uh, yes, uh, it's nice. Here. What's this? Custody papers. <laughs> well, I guess this makes it official. Judge Judy, it was your idea, you know. I know, don't rub it in. Ah, oh, come on, you gotta give me one. Okay, okay, it was a crazy idea. Actually, it was kind of fun. Gave me an excuse to come and see you once a week. Did you need an excuse? No. Wow. Full custody. Think you can handle it? I'm not sure. Lots of responsibility. No spilled beer or salsa during the game. And make sure you treat the fabric once a year with Scotchgard. I'll take good care of it. I know you will. So, uh, when are you leaving? Next Friday. That soon? Yeah. Colorado. Lots of snow. Snow is good. Snow is good. You'll make a good snow bunny. Oh, great. <laughs> You'll do well in Colorado. Thanks. I hope so. I'm excited, but also nervous. I mean, it's a big responsibility. Hey, I think I'm getting the bigger responsibility here. I wasn't expecting full custody. You better take good care of this couch, or I'm going to come back here and set you straight. Promise? Promise. Can I visit? You'd better. Colorado? Colorado. Will I see you before you leave? You've got to come back and get your couch. Your couch. Our couch. When do you get your pickup back? Tomorrow. Sorry about the game. Probably going to be a blowout anyway. Can we just sit on the couch for a while? I'd like that. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed Full Custody, which featured Joy Thorbjornsson Coates and Mark Cater. See you next time. Hello, 
I'm Stan Winiarski, today's host, and welcome to Small Fish Radio Theater and Thespinarium's 2020 Virtually Short Play Festival. In today's play, a family bequeaths heirlooms in an unorthodox way. Here's Auction by Trina Kakasik. Like I said, we're going to do this auction with Monopoly money. Linda, I know you like the pink money, so I gave you a lot of fives. Karen, you a lot of blues. I like mine in hundreds, remember? All hundreds. Yes, Dan. Each of you got a thousand? Now remember the rules. No fighting. That's the whole point. No borrowing, no lending. Once you've spent it, you're out. We should be at the hospital. He wants us to get this done now. Let's do it there. Look at all those boxes of stuff. We can't take them to the hospital. I'm videotaping it for him, see? We could wait until he gets home. Look what's in here. The toy convertible automobile. The convertible! Convertible! (laughs) I am so getting that convertible. Really, do we have to do this now? Now or never. We'll get to the convertible later. First item, just for you girls, the Mary Poppins plates. Oh my God. Oh, $10. Both of them? I never had a special plate. You're the one who broke the Captain Crunch bowls. No fighting. $10 going once? There are two, Karen. Why don't we save our money and split them? All right, then. Next, the, um, the sick blanket. I am so taking that. $10. Let go. Are not 20 I am too. 30 Over my debt, 31 That blanket cured me of mono. Kathy Meeson gave me a you-know-what under that blanket. Fine. Fine. Take it. Take it. Oh, would you look at this. The doggy doorstop. Spot. Rover. Rex. $10. 50 He made that for me. 51 He made it for me, actually, but no arguing. Rover was the only dog we ever had because of your stupid allergies. Karen, it's a whiskey bottle filled with sand and ears and a tail. $50? (laughs) You guys are dumber than I thought. His name is Spot. See the spot? He painted it on for me because I always wanted a dog named Spot. That's a cigarette burn, Linda. 53. You already have a real dog. Fine. Joint ownership. I get him first. Then you pay the extra dollar. Fine. Come on, Spot. Rover. Name is Rex. Here we go. The white plastic convertible with doors that open and everything. With or without the little tiny people? With. 200. Three. 301. 500. You are not going to be the one to take home the plastic convertible. 502. 503. 600. So going once, going twice. Sold. Ha! I get the convertible with all the little people. Now, the giant box of family photos dating back to Lord knows when. All of them? One person gets all of them? You have to decide... Which among you is the most organized? You'll just lose them. 
I got the convertible. I got the convertible. They really should be in an album. And where are yours exactly? Last time I was at your place, I seem to remember them being part of that cascade that always falls off your kitchen table when the door shuts. Mine are in an album. So, the photo album. 200. 400. You don't have 400. Everything. Ha! She's such a sucker. Sucker. Going once, going twice. All right, then. Here is the title to the Mercedes. We don't drive it. Brand new Mercedes with the insurance paid up for the year? No. $10? Going once, going twice, sold. Now, this item we thought might be controversial, so I, I saved it for last. My rocking chair. Everyone's rocking chair. No fighting. But mine first. Yes, Karen, we all know everything was yours first. I learned every Mary Poppins song there. Me too. He read me the night before Christmas in that chair when I was throwing up on Christmas Eve. If you hadn't thrown up on the book, we'd be auctioning that too. Remember the night I brought Janie over here with the croup? Sure do. We sang... Mary Poppins. Yep, the whole thing right there. And he did the whole penguin dance and then the chimney dance. And he fell on the arm here and had to get stitches in his lip. And you sang Spoonful of Sugar all the way to the hospital. (laughs) (sighs) The arm is broken. He's going to want to fix that. Well, uh, whoever takes it home will have to take care of the arm. 50. 110. How about, how about real money? I'll, I'll start at 1,000. 120. I didn't even bid yet. 22. 3. 4. I'll, I'll, I'll trade you for the pictures. 5. You can have Spot all the time. I'll visit him. 6. Seven. Eight. You can have the the sick blanket and and I'll clean your apartment for a year and give you a thousand dollars. And I never told you this, but I have the clown punching bag. (gasps) You! Oh, man, you, you... Nine. How much you got? 131, you? 130. Sold for 131. I was trying to buy it for you, Karen. Beat you to it. Here you go, Karen. Thanks. I'll, I'll give you the punching bag. You bet you'll give me the punching bag. And you, you already have a dog. So hand him over. Go on, sweetie. Sit in it. See if it's still seaworthy. Seems to be. Seems to be. I got the convertible.
I got the convertible. I got the convertible. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed Auction, which featured Sharon Phillips, Eleanor Katz, Joy Thor Bornson, Coates, and Michael John Kelly. See you next time. Hello, I'm Mark Cater, today's host. Welcome to Small Fish Radio Theater and Thespinarium's 2020 Virtually Short Play Festival. It's short, virtual. Well, I guess you can listen with your real ears or put your headphones on and listen with your virtual ears. No, you'd still be listening. Well, never mind. Today's play asks the question, just how badly do we need paper? Here's The Colette by Michael John Kelly. I thought I'd find you here. Where else would I be? It's a sad day for business. Want to buy a paperclip? We've got gems, jumbos, megas, hot clips, plastic clips, golden clips, hard clips, aero clips, uniclips, premium silverettes, just to name a few hundred billion. That many left? Orders began to slow down when the legislation made it out of committee. We stopped production weeks ago, hoping we could ride out the approaching storm. Then Congress passed the damn thing. Orders stopped completely. I can't believe the president signed it. Did you see the signing ceremony? No, I missed it. You'd think we had just passed universal health care the way the press covered it. Universal health care I can get behind. Not this. Just isn't practical. Since when is government practical? So what are you going to do with all this inventory? R&D's working on it now. I'm sure we'll come up with a new use for the paperclip. It wouldn't be a paperclip then, would it? That would be a shame. Paperclips have been in my family for three generations. I used to make paperclip necklaces when I was a kid. Hot clips make good poker chips. I wonder if they banned playing cards, too. I really didn't think this legislation would pass. It's a perfect law on paper, pun intended. I don't know how you can keep your sense of humor in a time like this. It's all I've got left, not counting a couple hundred billion paper clips. Wait a minute. What did the president sign? Electronic signature, sealed with a thumb scan. No. Yes. What is the Library of Congress going to do with that? Well, they're probably happy to have one less document to scan. Didn't they try this before and it didn't work? Technology was still in its infancy back then. And it was more of a private sector philosophy than a government mandate. Ironically, it had the reverse effect. Business used more paper than ever before. What makes the government think it'll work this time? Good question. It's not an entire ban, though, right? The act just addresses office use, right? It's an entire ban. No. How am I going to write letters to my grandmother? Email, like the rest of us. She likes to hold things in her hands. Well, she can hold an electronic reader in her hands. It's not the same as a handwritten letter. Handwritten letter. That, too, is a thing of the past. Huh. <sighs>
The impact of this will be greater than I thought. Welcome to the digital age. Glad I don't own a paper mill. Goodbye, desktop printers, envelopes, newspapers, the post office. The paperclip held American businesses together for more than a century. Pretty amazing for a little piece of bent wire. Take this one, for instance. The Colette. My favorite. Been fastening paper since 1921. You see these serrations? That gives her more grip. The Colette is... was our best seller. I hate to see her throw in the towel. Don't worry. I have a feeling the act won't stick this time either. Not even with the power of the White House and Congress behind it? All the more reason for it to fail. Well, there you have it. To paper or not to paper. Clip. <laughs> I still have some of those things around. Somewhere living with the spiders, I'm sure. And now, a surprise. Some music. Here's the playwright song. Performed in a variety of styles by Michael John Kelly. Playwrights ain't easy to love cause they live in their heads. They'd rather wrestle with workshops and getting scenes read. Stasis interruptus, conflict and crisis, which leads to some weird French word. It's best to ignore them, especially in groups, cause things will soon be absurd. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to, to be playwrights. Don't let them buy paper because writing sucks. Let them be teachers and dramaturgs and such. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be playwrights. They'll invite you to readings and ask you for dough to help them produce their next show. Playwrights like smoky old bars and coffee from Starbucks. Laptop computers, house pets, and those sticky notes. If you should see one, don't sit too close. You might find yourself in their next play. It's not that they're stealing, just out of ideas. Your drama might show them the way. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be playwrights. Don't let them buy paper because writing sucks. Let them be teachers and dramaturgs and such. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be playwrights. They'll invite you to readings and ask you for dough to help them produce their next show. Mamas, don't let your playwrights grow up to be babies. They'll invite you to readings and ask you for dough 
to help them produce their next show. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed The Colette, which featured Eleanor Katz and Michael John Kelly. The playwright song was written by M.J. Kelly and Trina Kakasik. Until next week, use those paperclips. Atlanta Fringe Audio 2021 is brought to you by the Atlanta Fringe Festival. You can binge on Fringe on Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. If you like this piece, leave a comment or review wherever you listen to podcasts.